1: there you and go you can go start introducing Maybe i don't know we're winging it you are listening to klrn radio where liberty and reason still reign Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive Rate Shield Approval, call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate Shield Approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing
0: lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030.
2: Thoughts of suicide may feel impossible to overcome,
1: but with help and support, you can find hope and meaning. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK to speak to a counselor or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. It's free.
2: It's confidential. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And even if it feels like it, you're not alone. Join in every two weeks for your break from the political talk
0: and get some entertainment news on your platter as a distraction. Ordie Packard and Brad Slager get together every fortnight to go over some of the newest information coming out in the entertainment complex. So whether it's movies, television, streaming, even publication, maybe even cocktails, they will cover it and guide you through the newer offerings and your entertainment options for the coming weekend. So Every two weeks, join us here at KLRN on The Culture Shift.
1: I'm little teapot, short and stout.
0: Here is my handle and here is my spout.
1: No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and tip me (laughs) out."
2: This is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today
0: visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
1: KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. We didn't mean to podcast, we just started joking, and we're up and rolling. We didn't mean to podcast, plan to have a blast, another bleeping
0: podcast. Hello and welcome to another bleeping podcast, the podcast you never believed would make it a full year, but we're closing in fast. I am Dawn, I'm one of your hosts for the evening. And with me is my friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah?
1: Hi, Dawn. It's so good to hear your voice again.
0: I know, you too. I've missed you. I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while.
1: I know. And you know, tonight, just before the podcast, when I got home, I was sitting in the driveway and I was typing an answer to you about our podcast schemes. And my son came running out of the house, actually, both of them. And they, like, dragged me out of the car. Come on, we've been waiting for you. I'm like, why? (laughs) And they... (laughs) That
0: could be good or bad.
1: Yes. (laughs) They said, we want to go to the lake. I'm like, because my mother-in-law has a house at the lake. It's about five hours away. And they want to go this weekend, as in tomorrow, (laughs) tomorrow. Right after work. And I'm like, uh, I don't have anything packed. We don't have any groceries. I don't have any meal plans. You can't just go buy food there. And it's a lot of planning and they are just all in. And my oldest is like, make me a grocery list. I'm like, I have to cook every day. And he's like, I'll do the cooking. I'm like, um, (laughs) like every excuse I could think of to not get dragged to the lake house. We're going to the lake house. (laughs) <laughs> they
0: clearly had a plan, and they were going to shoot down every objection you had. And they are also very clearly sick of being stuck. I yes, think. they will. Sounds to like they're over quarantined. <laughs> yes, that's great. Well, it sounds like you're going to the lake.
1: I'm going <laughs> on <a> vacation.
0: <laughs> that's fantastic. Hopefully, you won't. You're free to move yes. about. The, yeah, are you free to move about the state? You won't be arrested or anything, right?
1: I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't think they have any, like, what's it called, where they shut down the road and you have to yes. show them They're... your face mask to get through. I, I don't <laughs> think they have any of that.
0: <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, we had some excitement here, too. Not not exactly that, but we uh, actually moved my oldest out of her dorm once and for all. We're finally out of there, and, you know, we had gone up um, right when things were starting to get kind of dicey and actually... Um, regret have regretted ever since not just taking literally everything out and just moving her out completely but at the time we were pretty convinced you know that she might get back for a few weeks so we went up and you know, they had all their guidelines where you have to have a, uh, everybody had to wear a mask and you were supposed to wear gloves, but I didn't feel like they were really checking for the gloves. But we have, um I just have a box because I supply my first aid kits with them and we do a lot of at-home hair color on each other. So, you know, we just brought the box and <laughs> everybody just kind of. We just decided to try to conserve gloves. We just used one. So we're like, "Alright, just pick a hand, put the glove like on." Like
1: Michael Jackson. Yes,
0: like we'll just try to make, you know, try to not use so many gloves. Right. But I will tell you without fail, probably at least half a dozen times between us, we touched things with the ungloved hand just because we were so we, you know, we haven't been wearing them. We're not used to it. And I think we all basically chose our dominant hand, which was, they were all, our dominant hands were all doing other things. Like they were all busy <laughs> doing other things. we so were like pressing the elevator button with the ungloved hand and we're like, ah, oh, it like completely defeats the purpose. <laughs> it's but too hard. at least that is over with. But,
1: um, so she's yeah. all moved out and you're done with that.
0: She's all moved out. She's done. The freshman year is over. Yep. So... I don't know. I think we need to move on to some other excitement because I'm actually getting a message that our guest for tonight is ready. So if I hit her dial, we can add her if that's all right. And uh, yeah, we'll just go from there. We're pretty excited. I don't know. We're going to talk to a stand up comedian for one thing.
1: If you're going to yes. keep me from talking about the coronavirus and instead we can escape to Phetasy Island, I am all about that.
0: All right. That that does sound magical, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So while we're waiting for the person who owns Phetasy Island to pick up, we are uh, going to talk about uh, different things. Hello, Bridget. How are you? Can you hear me? We
2: can. Yes. Oh, Hi,
1: Bridget. Yes. Hi, Bridget. Hi.
2: This is John. Another
1: bleeping podcast. This is
2: Sarah. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, and I was going to say just so you could tell our voices, since we didn't get to talk to you before the show started. But this is a very exciting night around here. You've been working your way up the podcast ladder. You know, you've had some very high stature appearances with Carol Roth and Dave Rubin and Joe Rogan. But this, I think, you've reached the pinnacle here tonight. Your last
1: podcast.
2: (laughs)
0: <laughs> you are on another bleeping podcast. You are. This is You
1: have arrived.
0: Yes, I you have, have reached the heights. Yes. <laughs> Welcome. We're so happy you could join us.
1: Thank you for
2: having me. Yeah, oh, fantastic.
0: Well, I know you know we we are used to having a pretty quick show because we only run 30 minutes. And really, if we were to get into your origin story, I don't think we could even really scratch the surface. But I do think if you could just kind of address um you know, uh, briefly where life has taken you to the point where it kind of brought you to the walk-in's welcome approach and and talking about grit and resilience and just kind of, you know, facing life that way because, you know, we're kind of all in that boat right now where we're having to dig deep.
2: Dig deep. I know. It's, um, I think the... Podcasts really came from, I noticed that a lot of people were talking about the culture of victimhood, but then they, you know, in the podcast circuit and in the intellectual dark web and these were important, but I found after a while it started sounding like um, uh, you end up falling into that trap of becoming a victim of talking about victimhood. And so I just wanted to put something out into the world that. Reflected um the opposite of what I wanted to kind of fight against. I feel like that's for in my experience, more productive is just being what you want to see, you know that whole idea of be the change you wish to see in the world. And really, for me, the opposite. And my own story, I had to overcome and continue to have to overcome just that creeping victimhood or that sense of victimhood. And it's kind of wrapped up in entitlement too that is really insidious and sneaky. And so um, hearing people's stories of grit and resilience, however that manifests, became very interesting to me. And it's attracted lots of different interesting people into the podcast. And I think that those stories more and more inspire people when you hear someone else's struggle and how they overcame it. It gives you kind of hope that you can do the same or, or maybe ideas or motivation or... Or just, um, you know, I think if somebody can take one little nugget, one quote or one thing from every single podcast, then that that makes me really happy.
0: Yeah. And I think you've had a very wide range of guests on there, too. So it's not just from one swath of the population by any stretch. So, yeah, you really do touch on, you know, you, you have people on there that literally everyone, anyone could relate to at least one of your guests for sure.
2: Yeah, I'd like to think so. And I'd like to, you know, cast an even wider net and try and get more guests from all walks of life. And um, I I think, you know, some of the guests, their stories are so crazy, like Faisal, um, who came from Iraq, and Yasmin Mohammed, and her story and the Holocaust survivor. And then there are, it's like a very wide spectrum, but I don't think that anyone should feel like uh, their story isn't. Even people who had, you know, cousin Maggie, who's my producing partner, she had a story that's pretty, you know, she always is like, well, I had a great life. And then I got, I, I got depressed in college. And it was one of the podcasts that I heard the most feedback from. It's always the ones from people who, I wouldn't necessarily because it's so relatable. Her story is just: I had great parents, I had a great education, I went to college, I freaked out because I didn't want to know what I wanted to do with my life, and I got so many emails from people saying, "Did I lose you guys?"
1: There you are. I can hear you now. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm not sure where you lost me.
0: I where I left off was you just got a lot of feedback from
2: Maggie's
1: Maggie's story. You just got okay. a lot of emails okay. about her. That yeah. was
2: the last thing I said. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I think yeah, that's I just because... got quiet. <laughs> Those stories are so authentic and so real. I love the variety that you have. I heard you say on one of your podcasts recently that you really prefer face-to-face and hate doing it via Skype, for instance. And I was wondering how you've adapted to that since then, because I've heard you do a couple interviews. Is that working for you okay now?
2: Yeah, it's getting easier, I think. It's never quite the same, you know um recovery 12 steps pivoted very quickly so because re- the recovery community had already pivoted in other parts of the world in America everybody was pretty quick to to jump on Zoom and get on Zoom um you know 12 step meetings and it was weird at first it's still kind of weird it presents certain challenges but i'm also so supremely grateful that we even have that and that we have that community and we can easily tap into it. And I think the same has happened with podcasting where I always preferred to do it in person. But again, it opens up my ability to connect with people. And I think just um, having it it isn't all that different. Even my therapist and I have been doing uh, therapy sessions for like six years because she's on the other side of the country. (laughs) And so I'm pretty used to that format. I just find that in person, you get more of obviously their mood and tone, and um, it's just a little bit more personal. And even when with therapy, when I go home, we try and do more than one session.
1: That
2: makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she was saying that it's hard with therapy because you'll get into a flow, and then suddenly, you know, Skype will freeze or something, and they'll be like, <laughs> right. "And that's when I had my breakthrough." And then they'll be crying, and it just freezes. <laughs> or she only has
0: she only has the free Zoom. She doesn't she didn't upgrade. So sorry, for forty minutes, we're done.
2: <laughs> and that's she sure? learned the secret of life and then it just cuts out. <laughs> or you
1: accidentally get stuck in a bunny filter and she can't take it seriously at all.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: I think, I think that's definitely
0: well I was gonna say, I think that's definitely one way that a lot of the world has adjusted. You know, a lot of jobs have gone more remote and online, um, in general. So I don't know if in your life, have you seen some other, yeah, you know, you're mentioning your 12 step program and, you know, that I think that you see a lot of other people in person normally,
2: you know, yeah, has that I,
0: shifted? Like what other ways have you felt like you need to kind of, like we said, dig deep and get through this?
2: Yeah. The, I think there are, I tried just naturally to look at the positive side of things. So with recovery, I think it's it's, and I have friends all over the world and And it's been so cool to see go to their meetings in different parts of the world and just see what recovery is like in in Ireland or wherever. So that's really cool i I enjoy that, and I'll miss it when we're kind of back to normal um if if that's the if that's the way it goes i I think the thing that um in terms of working, my life is pretty well set up for this. so I'm bu- as busy as I normally am, um, which is, I'm lucky because I, I was set up to work remotely and I designed my life so that I could literally get on a plane and be in Ireland and not really miss a beat or a deadline and still be able to do my thing. And so I, I'm lucky in the sense that I'm still just cruising along. I'm, I'm interested to see, uh, I've heard a lot from families that the kids have been loving having their fathers or their whatever parent is working home more often. So I'm wondering, you know, if if maybe something shifts culturally that perhaps we don't need to spend so much time at work and that we can spend time with our families and our, you know, having more. I I walk by, you know, I go on walks all the time in Los Angeles and there's so many family dinners. I I don't I don't remember ever seeing so many families out riding bikes. So many dads out playing with their kids. So many people gathering around the dinner table and having dinners together ever in in Los Angeles because everybody's so busy and running around constantly. So I wonder I I see that as a big silver lining even though I also know that there's a dark side of that like You know, my sister has three boys who are all teens and I'm like, how are the boys? She's like, (laughs) (laughs) like, I want to kill them. And I and I can't imagine what it's like to have to suddenly like homeschool your kids. I I don't have children, so I have a different experience than and I can't imagine my cousin has two littles. I can't. um, And my brother, I can't imagine having littles right now. Oh, I think
1: that would be the hardest.
2: (laughs) Yeah, just all that energy and they don't have any, you know, they're not socializing. So they're just going They're, You know, my cousin said she's like, my children are going to be feral when they go back to school. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: think the teachers are, are going to be prepared for that. I think a lot of the kids will be that way. But I do. I agree that I think, you know, maybe maybe we can take the best parts of this and hopefully try to realize, you know, just from slowing down that that some of that extra time with each other was worth it and. You know, people are, maybe not move so quickly to get back to the
2: hustle bustle.
0: The hustle. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that pe- people have been doing so many cool crafts. And in the Fettesy community, I just see all these like everybody's learning how to bake something or make something and growing gardens. And these are all, uh, this is all a return to something very human that perhaps we've gotten away from in modern life that is probably not a bad thing to rediscover
0: I agree and how's the bread
2: baking going
0: it's going really well <laughs> <laughs> we know you're baking bread Bridget
2: <laughs> I love it it was so challenging it really was and I don't know I I was convinced you know Joe and I were talking about it on his podcast and he didn't seem too convinced of my theory but I seriously think it's something like primal, like something in our DNA was. Because I cannot explain why everyone's like, I'm going to bake bread, like this <laughs> Manchurian, you know, like army that suddenly wakes up and is like, we must bake bread for the apocalypse. Uh, I think it's, it's like
1: survival mode. Like yeah. we can just if we know we can make bread, we're going to be okay. <laughs> yes. <Yeah.
0: laughs> because it seemed to happen spontaneously. It's not like I didn't see, I didn't feel like it was a cascade effect. I felt like suddenly half the people I interact with online were posting pictures of bread and I'm like, how did you all know to do that? Should I be making bread? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, it was very, yeah, it was very spontaneous. I, I agree. It wasn't like the toilet paper phenomenon of everyone seemed to look over their shoulder and be like, do I have enough toilet paper? <laughs> very suddenly. That seemed to be very just like, I. It, it, there is something very calming about it too. And because I was sick the first couple weeks, Um, I was going out of my mind and bored—not bored, but just I needed a challenge to focus on. To I have a strong aversion to self-pity, and it is, um, and particularly in myself. And it's a very human thing to feel sorry for yourself, but I do—I want to eradicate it as soon as possible. And if I'm encountering it, and in in my behavior, and it's I I found myself that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like it. I just don't. I hate it. (laughs) My therapist is really good about it because she's like, well, don't. um, It's also human. So try not to beat yourself up because that's just self-obsession too. you know, kind of feeling sorry for yourself and then beating yourself up for feeling sorry for yourself. It just becomes this um, loop of (laughs) narcissism. And her whole thing is give yourself a time. So say I'm giving myself a day or two days to feel sorry about what XYZ, getting rejected, getting broken up with, whatever it might be, close the curtains, sit in the darkness and wallow in it. But when that time is done, you open the curtains and you get back, you know, you get back on the beam. I like that.
0: It's a very good approach. Well, and really, you know, the other thing that I think you use a lot, uh, so the walk-ins welcome can be, you know, the more serious side, and you do get very deep, and I have cried listening to that, but on the flip side of that, I think even as you deal with very serious topics, you are also very quick and very capable of dealing with it with humor, and we know you've done some stand-up, and I, if our listeners have not seen the weekly dumpster fire on YouTube, I stop everything, well, after you finish listening to this,
1: stop everything (laughs) after you finish
0: with it, don't stop listening now. But yeah, the, the, the humor approach and with Maggie and Sam involved and all three <laughs> of your, the laughing, I just, it, it's very contagious. So like, can you talk a little bit about how you handle life
2: with humor? Yeah, we have a lot of fun and I, Maggie has is my cousin and she's, And Sam is my roommate and they've both seen me through some pretty dark times and personal crises and injuries and God, I mean, getting sober and uh, Maggie's seen me at my bottoms, all of them, most of them. And we just, I think, you know, dumpster fire is just a way to kind of amuse. It started for me because I had been wanting to do it for a while and we kept on I have to say to people, do not let perfection be the enemy of good. That is one of the best things anyone told me because we kept wanting it to be this and that. And finally, I was like, I need to do this. I need to do this for me. The world is insane. I feel crazy. Somebody said it perfectly that, um, you know, Walk-In's Welcome is like gizmo and Dumpster Fire is the gremlin (laughs) it's like when you pour water on that suddenly there's (laughs) a gremlin in the garage and i get to just especially now that they're i think the hardest thing that's been hit honestly is all of the live performance so stand up being one of them that outlet you get such a rush off of it and such a high and there's this expend you expend so much energy when you get up there. And dumpster fire, we shoot for an hour. So it's one straight hour of just me getting to kind of release all of that angst and frustration and confusion and and laugh while the world burns. Because like Maggie (laughs) always says, if we didn't laugh, we would cry. And that's not really useful at the moment. And I also just want people to not feel like, you know, we can get in our own way and feel like we have to take everything so seriously and everything is a crisis and everything is just so heavy and ah, uh, everything's so awful and it's i mean we still live even with what we're facing in some of the best times humans have ever lived in and i don't want to forget that and i also would love for people who are feeling angsty and confused and crazy to enjoy me and Maggie and Sam, feel you know, expressing our craziness as well. And I think that because it's the three of us and the two of them off camera, it makes everyone feel like they're sitting with Sam and Maggie. You know, it it has this kind of yes. um feel of just like everyone's there, like at a slumber party or something or, <laughs> or or a campfire.
0: Yeah, that is a nice approach. And I think that it does have that effect. And that just I I really appreciate the fact that you will make fun of anything. Like <laughs> literally, whether you agree with it, whether you disagree with it, and I think you've been a good voice for centrist approach and, and nonpartisan. Uh, So, you know, sometimes it's politics, but sometimes it's just, you know, ridiculous news that you bat around like a cat with a ball of yarn.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I think it's important to be able to not take, you know, my approach to life has been to uh, take the work seriously. Don't take yourself seriously. So I take what I do, you know, I take working hard seriously but i don't i we start with making fun of ourselves and each other <laughs> and then we kind of expand out from there but my favorite target is me
0: yeah that's funny
2: and i think that's
0: i mean that's a coping mechanism
2: right there yeah i think i, I when we were i mean maggie said this i think on her podcast when she did walkins welcome she was saying that her dad kind of raised them to be like, if you can't laugh at yourself, everyone's going to laugh at you. And it's an important skill to be able to to laugh at yourself and see where... Um, where you're just being ridiculous and I, I, will say things on dumpster fire and immediately my brain is like, I'll recognize my own hypocrisy and I can't help but make fun of it. (laughs) (laughs) But
1: mad respect for anyone willing to stand in the dumpster and take the fire. (laughs) I love it. Unfortunately, we are almost out of time already. So Bridget, can you tell us if we would like to touch your bells and buttons? Where can we find you? <laughs>
2: um, you can subscribe to um our YouTube channel, which is Fetacy, and you can subscribe to Fetacy.com where you get the unedited version of Dumpster Fire, and it's a great community of people who are actually so supportive and loving and funny and open minded. And you can find me at Bridget Fedacy all over the interwebs. And um, Walk-In's Welcome is my podcast, and you can find that anywhere podcasts are available. I think I covered it all.
1: Awesome! Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Thank Don. You guys where can you. we? Oh, sorry, <laughs> Don. Where can we find you? Uh,
0: you can find me on Twitter at Aurora underscore G ninety six, and you can find the show at Bleeping Podcasts.
1: And next week on the show, it's going to be our very own Carla Liberty Bell with um, Gay Patriot. Bruce is going to be on the
2: show. Oh, I love Bruce. Tell him oh, I said yeah. hi. That should be a good
1: one.
0: And really, Bridget, uh, just to as we send off, um, will you please tell everyone what Phetasy actually means? Because I think we're definitely living in
2: it now. Yes. It's basically when reality becomes parody or parody becomes reality, whichever way you want to look at it. Or um, it's really the age we are living in now. <laughs>
1: <Very good. laughs> we are living in a fantasy.
2: Yes, we are.
1: <laughs> All right, fantastic. Thank you so much. Good night, you guys. Thank Bye you. There.